What is going on, everybody? You are listening to the J-Red Show. I'll be on with Robbie tomorrow, but for tonight, I figure I'll do a little show um, for myself, and then um, talk about sports and what's going on. The Buffalo Sabres get their eighth win of the season. They defeat the New York Rangers 3-2 in a shootout. Um, Casey Milstack got his third goal. Um, and Victor Olsen got his 10th goal. Um, Milstack's goal was assisted by Hall with, for his 17th and Dolan for his 11th. And Olsen's goal was assisted by Oposo for his 8th and Reinhardt for his 11th. For the Rangers... Artemi Panarin had his um, 10th goal, assisted by Crater and Fox. And then Perennial got a second goal, um, assisted by Fox and Lindgren. And the Buffalo Sabres are starting to look like a decent hockey team. I mean, they don't look good yet, but they don't look like the disaster that lost 18 games in a row. It is refreshing to see the Sabres complete passes and not throw up all over themselves on the ice. Rasmus Dahlin is starting to look like a decent hockey player now. Casey Middlestat's looking better. The whole team is starting to look better. I mean, it's too late. I mean, this is still going to go down as one of, if not the worst season in the history of the franchise. They're going to go ten, the 10th ten year in a row without playoffs. But it is refreshing to see this team look decent. And considering how miserable this year has been, both on and off the ice... I feel like Sabres fans should enjoy every win the Sabres get from here on out. Don Granato, I will give him credit, has, has has the Sabres looking decent. Now, do I think he's the long-term answer for the Sabres? No. I still want the Sabres to get Tortorella or Boudreaux or Gallant, someone with experience. But I've so far this year, I really like what I've seen from um. I really like what I've seen from Granto. I mean, we'll see who Kevin Adams hires an assistant, but that's where I think it needs to start with Adams hiring either Rutherford and or Carmanos as an assistant, preferably Rutherford. But the Sabers need a few smart signings this offseason. They could really take a page from the Panthers. They signed Alex Wenberg this past offseason who now has 11 goals and around 20 points so far while playing a supposedly defensive role. Plus, they signed Carter Vaghi to a reasonable deal that he's produced 17 goals and 33 points at this juncture. Both players are still young at 25-26-ish, and they have replaced players Florida lost and then some. They were both smart signings that have paid off. The Sabres really need to step up, step up and acquire these types of players to replace Hall and Reeder and Eakin. I really want, I want to keep Carter Vegan in the worst way. He was a beast in the AHL, and I knew Tampa could not fit him in the lineup. I was actually hoping they would have tried to acquire him last year instead of signing VZ. These are the type of players Adams needs to bring in next year. He also needs to sign, keep the signings one, to one-year deals if possible.
To be fair, though, we all thought signing Install and Hall was going to get close to the playoffs, and that failed miserably. I also think Egan was going to be was a good signing. Should have been for one year. I wanted him or Hula, and he, he's not doing much better in Nashville. Uh, Kevin Adams did not do a bad job in the hole. He gave the team a new look and has great potential. The big pieces didn't work out. What can one do in that situation? He made the right choice on Cahoon. He didn't want to overpay him. I wonder if Ralph did have a big part in the Grigorenko signing. He's exactly the kind of player Ralph wanted. I don't put too much stock on Kevin Adams' shoulders for listening to coaches on the vision. The two-year deal on Olison makes him much makes him movable, and that might be an asset right now. I think the Sabres are stuck with Aiken's melt with Aiken. On to the NFL. The New York Jets trade Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for three draft picks. The Jets get a six-rounder this year and a second and fourth rounder for 2022. I think this is a good trade for the Panthers. Um, they did not give up much, um, and they have a quarterback who has a lot of potential, and I think he could be good. But the problem is he went to an extremely dysfunctional organization in the Jets and he couldn't develop properly under Adam Gase. Um, so there'll be no more excuses for Darnold. If he fails in Carolina, he'll be a bust. Um, it was clear by the end of the season the Panthers did not view Bridgewater as a long-term answer. And with the 8th overall pick, the Panthers were out of range for a best quarterback in the chant in the class. But, um, like I said, this is probably the end of the road for Bridgewater. And this is also not good news for Deshaun Watson, um, who thought, so we don't know where he's going to go, if anywhere, depending on, um, his allegations with the sexual assault. The Jets look like they're going to be going to Zach Wilson. Um, we'll see if this one will work out for them. Um, Jets fans hate their owners. They think they're too hands-on. But one thing in football is if you draft the the right coach or the right if you, if you draft if you draft the right quarterback and hire the right coach, it can overcome bad ownership. So we'll see if Zach Wilson we'll see if um Zach Wilson will be the threat that the Bill can get. That we'll see if Zach Wilson will be the quarterback that will take. That will lead the Jets back to glory. But Jets fans have a lot of hope. Um, a lot of picks in the next two years. They have some excellent coaches coming in. And a chance to grab Wilson number two. Unless the Jaguars take Wilson. In which case they'll of course grab Lawrence. Both have a tremendous upside. But we know of course there's no guarantee in taking a quarterback. So... The Buffalo Bills are the team that's being chased right now. They should win the AFC East this year. But I look at the Patriots, I look at the Dolphins, and I look at the Jets, and it looks like they're going to rise from the ashes. I don't think this is going to be like the Patriots dynasty of the 20 years where the the where the Patriots took advantage of a weak division where the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins were all dysfunctional and the Patriots dominated for 20 years. I got a feeling the Buffalo Bills window of winning a championship is very sh- is going to be very short. 
And I'm hoping that this summer, in the spring, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott will put the finishing touches on this roster and they will win at least one Super Bowl before that window closes. As of now, I think the Dolphins are still the biggest threat to the Bills in the division. I would say I would say the Patriots second and then the Jets third. But I think the Jets could jump ahead of the Patriots. I mean, all three of these teams are starting to look scary. And the Bills better win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Or else their window will close fast. Well, the window... I got a feeling their window is going to close fast, so I'm hoping for at least one Super Bowl in the next couple of years before the window closes. And when that window does close for the Bills, we will have a cup-contending hockey team. On to the NCAA Championship. The Baylor Bears defeat the Gonzaga Bulldogs by a score of 86-70 to win their first national championship in school history, Suggs led the Bears with 22 points. Tim had five. He also had one rebound and three assists. Tim had 12 points, five rebounds, and three assists, leading the Bears with three assists. And Nembar had nine points, four rebounds, four assists. For Gonzaga, Butler had 22 points and three rebounds and seven assists. So Gonzaga was undefeated up to this game, and then their perfect season ends at a national championship. Really shows you how crazy college basketball and sports can be. Um, Gonzaga had arguably one of the best teams in the history of college basketball, and yet Baylor dominated them from start to finish. It was not close at all. It felt like it was over at halftime. Just from it was nine nothing to start. It was it was nine to nothing to start the game, and they just bolt raced them. Jarrett Butler and Donovan and Davin Mitchell were brilliant. Um, if Baylor was going to win tonight, they needed their two best NBA prospects to dominate both sides of the ball, and they did. And they just the Bears made shots. They made they were ten for twenty two for forty five percent. Baylor's bench was the difference. They scored twenty one points to Gonzaga's seven bench points, and when you have Baylor starting guards lighting it up, there is no coming back from that. Only down low presence of the Zags was had was Timmy, and he had and he did not have enough power to power, and he, he did not have enough to overpower Baylor's front court. But the best thing that happened is that, is for AP is for the AP to keep Baylor at number two, and and the, and then all the talking had to talk about how Gonzaga was all season, and um, yeah, the Bears finally got the chance, and amazingly, um. I'm awestruck at how the how this dominated this Baylor team looked. They earned it. They deserved it, and they accomplished it. Um, there's a couple of things to point out in this game. Mitchell scoring seven and out of the gate with disruptive defense set the tone. 
Butler's two three two threes intimidately out of the break made it clear they weren't going to keep up with the mini slump they had in the end of the first half of the season. Tag was just consistent. His block on subs with the early first half was his base rating jumpers were the killer. Thamba. If Thamba's could drive in the lane and try and dunk on you, he's feeling good, and he should. Um, the flagger three to, uh, to answer when they cut it to nine in the second half might have been the most single important shot. His free throws were about four minutes left, broken the scoring skid for us for about 4.5 minutes. Um, every day, John, what didn't he do? He defended, rebounded, he threw down the alley oops and got his, his game every game to energize the, the, the Bears. It was a classic game. Files with his block that led to the flagger three was massive. His offensive rebound, which led to the flagger three throws, was. And don't forget Mayor's. And don't forget Mayer, who he drew on Timmy. Um, if Timmy's fourth came when was, they were threatened to get back in it, his only bucket came right to that. There were two huge momentum plays. So, what are your thoughts on the national championship? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow. On to the AHL. The Rochester Americans defeat the Syracuse Crunch 5-3. R2 Rustalonen had his fifth goal of the season, assisted by Samuelson with his seventh. Brett Murray got two goals, his sixth of the, the season, and Griffin Luke got his first goal. Jack Quinn got a second goal in the third period. Andrew Ogilvie, his fourth assist, and Oscar Luskin on his eighth assist in that. For Syracuse, Henry Bulby got a second goal, assist by Otto Sumpy and Gregory Dizky. Bulby's second, was second goal. Um, Boris Kachoff got a sixth goal, and Alex Barbaret got a sixth goal. So the Amer- the Amherst go to seven five and two on the year. Um, they look okay. I mean, if this was a normal season, then I think the Amherst would be like they were the last couple of years, good enough to make the playoffs, but not a good enough to um, win the playoffs. But this is a short and cold. But this is, but I got because of COVID. I don't think there's going to be an AHL playoff this year. Amherst had some had some time off um, because of the COVID breaks. It's nice to see Jack Quinn develop. I know a lot of fans were upset that we didn't pick they didn't the Sabres didn't pick Rossi, but I really like what I've seen from Quinn. But like I said, it's really hard to see how good the Amherst are going to be this year. And the Yankees are two and two on the year. Today they beat the Baltimore Orioles seven and nothing. The New York Yankees defeat the Baltimore Orioles seven and nothing. Montgomery pitched six innings and allowed four hits and got seven strikeouts. On the offense, um, Judge was two for three with a home run. And Stanton was one for four with a grand slam. LeMahieu got his um was two was one for three with the RBI. Baltimore Hills held only four hits by Mullins, Severino, McKenna. Sorry, by um Mullins, um Severino, Gallus, and Iris. Lopez pitched four innings, allowed three hits and four runs. 
five strikeouts. Well, Saturday was a good sports day for me. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays 5-3, the Amherst beat the Crunch, and the Sabres beat the Rangers. It was, to me, it was the best sports day since January 16th when the Bills beat the Ravens. But um, as of now in sports, um, Texas is allowing full capacity. It'll be a full capacity of the Rangers game. I'm a little worried about that because my friend is still my friend got the coronavirus, and I really hope that most or all the people going that game are fully vaccinated. Because I don't, we, I mean, I'm looking forward to life getting back to normal, but I don't want to count more chickens before they hatch. So, what are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at Jared Show, and I will see you later.